Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And Genty Show, broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Fishbowl Radio. My name is Jamie. It is Tuesday, November the seventh, twenty twenty-three. And so, um, so, hey, man, we we are here, and everything's going to be good. Now, before I talk about the Cowboys and the Eagles stuff, uh, because that was uh, a game that ruined the entire weekend. If you're a Cowboys fan, like myself, and so. Um, so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no further I do. Um, <laughs> let me speak on. <laughs> let me speak on something that happened to me this weekend. Okay, and this is no direct shot at anyone or at, at any place or any time. This was <laughs> this was all me. Okay, now. Y'all know that I participated in the CJ fi- CG Finals this weekend, this past weekend in Austin. Now I didn't want to announce it till till I was ready, and I was, and you know, believe it or not, I, I was half ready. I wasn't, I wasn't fully engaged into it till I said, you know what, I want to do everything I can to make sure that I'm ready to do the homework, to do the training, all that stuff, and then everything will, will be good. And I did. I did half of that between last week and the months prior to me knowing that I got I got the uh, invitation to participate in CG games. So, that, but this is not this is not a promotional type of thing. But this is my <laughs> this is my experience of what I what I endured what I endured this weekend. So, when I got there, well, actually, you know what? Let me start from the beginning. So, this is why you don't have two jobs in one. Because when you're trying to focus on the biggest moment in your life, you want to focus on that moment. You don't want to have any distractions. You don't have anything that comes apart at all. And so, so I left work Friday night, and I said, you know what? I wanted to get to the bus station around midnight because that that was the last that was the last uh, what's it called the last uh, bus that was going off it was going off at 11.50 and I didn't get there to midnight because if you live in Dallas it has a lot of roads especially South Dallas has a lot of roads and a lot of mean customer service people and so when I got there they left so I got there like 15 minutes after the last bus ran. So I was sitting there for like six hours. And I was thinking, 
I pay for this. Yeah, you pay to go to the finals, which is which is ridiculous. And then uh, the second thing is, if I don't go, then I don't expect. And then this is then what what will happen next year? What will happen the years after that? Like if we don't get invited again, what will happen? And so a trainer. Shout out to Megan Smith out there for waking for picking up on her phone at two in the morning. She didn't have to do that. And she just convinced me to well, it was almost like pick your poison. You go, you go, if you don't, you don't. So and then three hours after her text message I got from uh, from one of the CG people and they said, Hey, you can get there. Whatever time you want, we'll give you a packet, and we'll go from there. So that's what I did. I picked my own poison. I went there in Austin, and I got two events in. And I was so mad. I was mad at myself because I didn't prepare for this properly. When I, when I, when I got there, there was only two events I could have done. And the previous two events I missed because I was still on the train. I was still en route here. So I was very upset at myself. And I'm still upset at myself to this day. Even though, you know, people, <laughs> people like Angela just made me laugh just now. So, so it was all good. But, um, but I, I, it, was, it, was, it was a great experience. Don't get me wrong. It was a great experience. It was. It's just you have to prepare for things like this because you want to be at your best. You want to be, have everything in writing. You you want to plan what you're going to do on on this workout, and that's what I did at, at uh, prelims. I had everything planned, and I was able to effectively go through it. I'm sorry, effectively. Uh, do it and and I, and I got the results that I wanted which is the trip to the finals and so but this case I wrote everything down I was like half prepared but now I know for next time that hey you got to prepare for this stuff and you got to be there early a day earlier which is next year we will not do this again next year will be all well next year it will be all over it. I'll be all over it next year. I'll be prepared. Whatever that case, if it's a basketball thing, I'll I'll be, <laughs> I'll take a day off. CG thing, I'll take a day off for it. All these minimal jobs that I do, I'm telling you. Well, I can't say, I can't, I can't, I can't pick, pick apart the second one. But the first one, I can't. Because we won't be in that space anymore. Now, we will be in this space, podcasting space, but we won't be in that space anymore. Come after this year, and I hope that happens sooner rather than later. So, with that being said, I had a, a decent experience, but not the best results that I wanted. And as a competitor, that you wear that on your sleeve. I've been wearing it on my sleeve since I got back. And you know, I, I just can't let it go. In this day and age, these young athletes let things let like if it, if it was a big loss, they let it go. They try to let it go. 
the, the um, a few hours after the game has been played. Where you play that game, you lost by like 40 points. I felt like as a competitor, I felt like I lost by 50 points. I felt like in the end of last week when I when I when they went to Boston and lost at 51 points, I wore that on my sleeve. I felt that, and that's why I said I would never. I, I, we, this won't happen again. But overall, it was a good experience. Well, decent experience. Sorry, on my end. But let's get to this matchup: the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Eagles, and. Uh, a lot of a lot of people said we were going to get blown out this game. A lot of people want to continue to point the blame on Dak, the officials, and Mike McCartney, and the defense. I just don't know why Dan Quinn every press conferences like, dude, we just lost the game. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to like to like. <laughs> To like be honest, the media will understand your frustration. Your defense gave up 28 points to the Philly offense. That that is nothing. That was playing with a hurt quarterback. Like it's okay, Dan Quinn. I saw. I didn't. I didn't get into his press conference, but I I, I saw his smile and I said, Dan, stop smiling, bro. We're five and three. We are five and three. We are second place in our NFC East. We have a wild card spot, if I if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's okay to be upset. It's okay, bro. Like like this is our season, and I said and I, and I told people this: in November is a crucial month for us. Because if we don't get out of this thing, at least at least four and one. Then we're out of it. You suffered the first loss, which that shouldn't be a loss. This game shouldn't be a loss at all. I wonder what's going to happen in, in, in the next few games. I wonder what's going to happen. But let's dive into this matchup. Dak Prescott went 29 for 44 for 374 yards and three touchdowns. On my page, I said he has to throw at least 60%. He threw 65%, 66%. So I was right. It took him 40. And unfortunately, it took him 44 passes to get there. Again, I said this before, way, way before Brian Broaddus said this. I said, if Dak throws more than 40 times, we lose the game. I told Gabe this. And Gabe would back me up. And he's not here. But... I said it. I said if he throws over 40 passes, we will lose. <laughs> we will lose. That's it. So, at least he didn't turn the ball over, which I was I was anticipating he would. But thank God he didn't. Thank God he didn't. Uh, he played hard. He played. This is his best game to date, and. I always dive into the post-game show. And I see the comments. This thank God for video these days. You MFers continue to blame Dak for every loss. Every snap he takes at quarterback, but yeah, it turns into a loss. You blame him for that. Okay. 
Why? What is your reasoning of blaming Dak Prescott as the NFL quarterback? He played great. It's just that it's not the results we're, we're, we're used to seeing. Oh, I'm sorry, we're, we, we, didn't, we didn't get to see. This man threw for over 66% of his passes. He threw three touchdown passes. He kept us in the game. I just wish that he didn't have to go out of bounds on that two-point conversion. But then again, I would have I would have kicked I would have kicked the extra point. I would have kicked the extra point and made it a four-point game. I would have. Or else if you don't go out of bounds that you we would be down by 3. And your body was turned a different way. It's like you put your left foot, your left leg and, uh, on top of your right. That's so weird. That's awkward. Dak, you gotta change your positioning. You have to dive head first. Whatever it takes to get to the end zone. That out of bounds line at the at the end zone is the worst. It's the worst. Change your body. I'm sorry, not not change your not change your weight. Change your positioning on the field. Dive head first for that pylon. For that for, for the end zone. You had it there. It was right there. The defender was going to lay on top of you, but you still would have made it. You still, instead of going out of bounds. But then again, I'm not blaming Dak for this game. Cowboys haters will blame Dak for this game. Cowboys haters will be like, oh, hey, um, you know, what happened to this game? Dak threw for three touchdown passes. Oh, Dak threw three, three interceptions. He did not throw for three interceptions. He threw for three touchdown passes. He kept us in the game. It's just that defensively, we were horrible. We were horrible on defense. Now, let's get to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was sacked three times. He went 74 23 for 207 and two touchdowns. Okay, he played. <laughs> this wasn't his best game today. Of course, he had a knee injury, but. You're playing against the Cowboys. You got to play at your best. And he did not play his best to this day. They didn't beat us. We beat ourselves. And then they said he ran this game. He went 10 for 36. But he had no interest in running. But I want a fully healthy Jalen Hurts come December the 10th. I want him healthy. Remember the game last last year? He missed that game. He was injured. Garner Minshew almost led them to a comeback. Almost led them to a victory at AT&T Stadium. Who knows what happens in the next few weeks of where the Eagles are going to land. Right? But the Cowboys, on the other hand, this was the game that had a victory all over it. I can understand if you lose to... I can understand... If there is a loss to the Commanders, I can understand that. But I don't think we're going to lose to the Commanders, guys. We don't have to. We can't. Now we can't. We got to go a perfect 4-0. We got to beat the Giants, the Panthers, the Commanders, and the Seahawks. Which, Commanders and the Seahawks are tough. <laughs> so we can't. So let's say... I'm trying to see the record for November. So... If we beat the Giants or the Panthers, 
I'm sorry, the Giants and the Panthers. So we'll be two and one. But if we lose, then we'll be two and three. So that will keep us probably stay in the wild card spot, give or take. But but I won't feel confident going into December with, with a record of man, oh gosh, uh, I would say a record of what is that record right now? Seven and six, or seven and five, whatever that case may be. I I I I, I, I don't under I can't see it. I can't see it like that. Number two. Now, Jalen Torber came through this game. Jalen Torber's presence was felt in the second half. He went three for 49 and a touchdown. His route running was fabulous, man. His route running was fabulous. I, and, I, I, and I honestly think at some point, at some point, it's just one game. I, I, I understand. But if Jalen Torber keeps playing like this, you might have to do something about Malik, Michael Gallup. You might have to do something. You might have to put him on the bench, which he may not. He may not like. Oh, of course, because Jalen Tolbert has stepped up. He has found the way to get open. All that work he said he did in the offseason is coming to free, free to fruition. It's working. It's working. He literally kept us in the game. Jalen Torbert kept us in the game. Jake Ferguson had a nice game. 7 for 96. That's right, 91. And a touchdown. Jake Ferguson started to become that tight end. That we, we, we that has been missing in this offense. We haven't had a, a, a tight end all this season. And then Jake Ferguson comes out of nowhere and produces that type of stat in the Eagles game. Which... I have complete faith in Jake Ferguson right now. And I also have complete faith in C.D. Lamb, who was targeted 16 times, but he made 11 catches. I like that. 11 for 191. And, a touch, and no, no touchdown. I'm sorry. So, he's balling out. It's just, it's just, there's no ill will in this wide receiver room. There's no friction between them. It's just one guy had a better day than, than the other. CeeDee Lamb had a better had a great day. J- Jake Ferguson had a fabulous day. Jalen Torbert had a good game. Now, I do want to see Jalen Torbert come into the offense, come in on his own and make and make things happen. Make make things and keep 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 the progress going. Keep keep it going. The Cowboys have to. <laughs> so the, re- the receiver core is good. Um, but we're going to be fine. It's just, it's just you know, these guys got to keep balling out. Number three, Michael Parsons' confidence. And I like Michael Parsons. I love him to death. I want to play a clip of his. It's a full-on clip of how confident he is right now. And come December the 10th, when we played him again, let's play that clip, please. And like I always tell you guys, you guys the, the margin, margin of penalties and errors is so slim. I mean, you step on the goal line, knee hits the ground before the goal line. Um, um, crucial. 
penalties on drives that you know we should have got off the field. Um, it's a it's a hard league to win in, and when you kind of beat yourselves on certain things and and other factors don't help, it just it really hurts. So, I mean, you could take away the game that uh, it was a chance we could have won. Either way you look at it, it was a close game. It was 50-50 toss-up. We had a chance to win there at the end, but we didn't. So we got to get back to the drawing board and get ready um, for next week. Yeah, I mean, what was it, two defensive pass interferences on one drive? I mean, I mean, I think you, you would chalk that up as a very good day when we hold that Eagles power offense who's been throwing for 300 and whatever to Jalen Hurts, 180 yards, less than 300 total yards. I mean, you could say what we want. I feel like we did a great job, but there was times in the game where, you know, it didn't turn our way. Yeah, that's exactly what I know there's some penalties they wish they could get back, and, you know, that helped us get down the field and things like that. But when you have a clash like that, Eagles-Cowboys, uh, you know, there's nothing like it, you know. Exactly. You you learn what they what we messed up on, what we can learn from, how we uh, beat ourselves. But you know we're gonna see them again. That, that's the enjoyable part. You know, a team like the 49ers and Arizona, we won't see them again. But we got a chance to get our redemption and at home um, where we've been pretty dominant. So it'll be exciting. Mike, how much confidence did you guys have going into this game? And does this result change that at all? Elevated? I mean, I feel like we got even more confidence now. You know, um, I feel like everybody was had us out and everyone was praising this Eagles team. But obviously we gave them their best fit and um you know, I'm not even gonna spit feud on the fire. We'll see y'all we'll see them again in four weeks. Yeah, they don't wanna pass that ball. They know what it was, you know, we lost the game they just had some explosive uh, plays and some some penalties. I thought um, the the ball with uh, Devontae was a great ball and connection, but outside of that, it was you know it was a toss up. You know um, where we thought they would win, they won on third and shorts and fourth and shorts. That continued drives, but um, we need to make those stops and adjustments though. Um, I don't think we failed. You know, I think this is another learning experience, um, and we just got to get better. You know, it's frustrating. Like on that uh, last drive, you almost had that You know, it's another point of interest. The ball rolled their way every which way tonight. You know, um, there's not too many happens where you get two touchdowns called back in the fourth quarter. Um, where, you know, I just feel like it, it just rolled their way tonight, and got to live with it. Oh, Jack's a freaking warrior. There's multiple times I was like, that's Jack Mother Prescott, bro. Like, he's a dog. He's a warrior. Um, it was, I got unbelievable amount of confidence in him. I thought he had a great game. Um, you know, I think people need to put more respect on him. He outplayed everyone today. It was a, we get another chance. It was like, um, we we know we played good enough to win that game, but we didn't. That's just how the dice is rolled sometimes. Um, sometimes you play good enough, and good enough ain't never good enough. And that's just the reality of the game. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we all watch the game. What y'all think? Exactly. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> you heard from the great Michael Parsons. Um, I would say this. December the 10th is not that far away. My shit. Yeah, it is. You got to worry about the next few games. You got to. You got the Giants next. Now, the Giants may not have the best season ever. You got the Panthers also. Then you got the Commanders. Then you got the Seahawks. December the 10th, uh, yeah, you can get them back, of course. Um, But I will say to you, Micah, that December the 10th, It just depends where they're going to be at. Phillies has a bye week next week. It just depends. It just depends where 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 they uh, where they align. Right now they're eight and one. Um, the walls in their court. They can lose to the, the Chiefs. They can do whatever they want. But I feel like if they go eleven one, if we're we're like barely struggling right now, I don't think that this is that this. This team, the Cowboys won't be ready for them. I don't think we were were ready for them, period. I mean, granted, we played well. But I don't think we're ready. We got to take care of business in in, in this month first. Before we can talk about revenge. Let's take care of it. Like, I want, like, Micah, I want revenge on my CG performance. But I, I gotta wait till uh, May or July of next year to get back to where I'm supposed to be. I'm sorry, well, not where I'm supposed to be, but like get back to the actual place, and then I'll be ready. So I'm gonna practice like you. I'm gonna practice between now and May, which for you, you gotta practice. From now to December the 9th to prepare for that game. But then again, there's steps in between. There's steps in between Micah and myself. We're not far off. We both want revenge, of course. Of course, who wouldn't want revenge? You know? Like like on the port like you, you can that's that's that that's anything in life. Who like but there's steps. And we're gonna fulfill those steps. They always say run it back in basketball, right? When you lose a game, uh, when you lose a 5-5 game against some random Joes, they always say run it back, run it back. Okay, we can run it back. But guys leave. They got to go do something. Then you got to bring on new guys or the game's over. So let's take care of business first. Let's take care of the Giants the Panthers, and then we'll go from there. Number four, Philly's awkward bounces. So Philly, Philadelphia could have easily had three turnovers this game. You talk about the fumbles that Sam Williams had, that Sam Williams knocked out, then Donovan Wilson. Oh, my gosh. The ball did not bounce our way. We had it. But the Eagles kept falling on it. 
I mean, there was one play where there was one play where I think I think somebody got home. I can't remember who. It was in the fourth quarter, and we were at the they were at the thirty yard line. Instead of being at the ten yard line, trying to go down the field, it would have been a shorter field if we had if we would we would have recovered that fumble. But then again, it was just an awkward bounce. And the Eagles recover that. So this is this is the game right here. AJ Brown wasn't much of a of, of a threat. He only but he, he was targeted nine times and he had seven catches, which is good for him. Uh, we had a false start on Tyler Smith, which that shouldn't be happening in, in the fourth quarter. I thought the game was over. And then we, and then Dak took, took a sack at the 11 yard line, and I'm and I'm saying at the Philly 11 yard line, and I'm saying to Dak, Dak, you don't take a sack, you throw the ball away, or you just, or you just run, or you just <clears throat> run and try to find a receiver open. I mean. In, in the game, prior to that possession, before that possession, earlier possession, Dak missed some open receivers. And again, I don't want to blame uh, that. That's a, that's an that's an other quarterback. Any other quarterback you talk about missing open receivers, they, they they miss open receivers. We don't grill them for that. We pick them up. We're grooming them up for the next game, and that's that. Dak's case, Dak has to focus on his teammates and supporters that support him, and they pick him up, and they get him going again. Versus Dak haters, they throw shit at him all, all uh, at every single play he does because they hate the man. I don't know why. Well, what your hate hatred is, man, I, I probably know why, but I'm not going to say. But. Your hatred should be yourself. You hate yourself. Why would you? You Dak is a human being. He's a good quarterback. He makes mistakes. Okay, that sack. I'm pretty sure he didn't want to take the sack. It's blowing assignments on the offensive line. I said last week we have a depleted offensive line. Our offensive line is injured. They're not old. They're injured. Zach Martin is dealing with a right ankle sprain. Terrence Steele, this was his worst game to date. Tyler Biotis has a poor, has a hamstring injury. Then we can talk about Tyler Smith and Tyron Smith, which both of those guys, which Tyler Smith did not have a good game. Tyron Smith had a, had a, had a, had a great game. So I can't knock him out. It's just blown coverage. It happens. So it's just it's just still place, man. It's just it, it's the little stuff that we, we need to get t- we we need to take care of. It's the little stuff. Got to get through it. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. We're five and three. You know, it is what it is. My final take. So Philly twenty-eight, Cowboys twenty-three. Okay, disappointing loss start the month of November. I thought they'll win this game. I, I had a feeling 
They will win this game. This was the first start of this game that y'all need to win. I can understand a loss. Like I said, I can understand losing to, to the commanders. Which, which, yeah, that's that's not going to happen now. Because you got to win that game. You got to beat the commanders. Like, <laughs> they, they have shown you nothing on offense. They traded away their best defensive tackle that they selected three years ago. Like, damn. Washington's going down the drain on defense. Would you say? I mean, Sam Howell's playing great. Don't get me wrong. But you trade your best defensive tackle, and then you get rid of your defensive end and Montez Sweat. So their defense is going down the drain. I know Angel doesn't want to hear, hear me say that, but it is the truth. <laughs> so this was disappointing. This shouldn't be a loss. The giant, we got to focus, Micah. Like I told you, we will get revenge. But when December the 10th hits, yeah, we will, we'll, then we'll, we'll tip the ball up and we'll play. But now we got to take care of the Giants, which the Giants are depleted. The Giants have no quarterback. Daniel Jones may have a torn ACL, may have. But there is no quarterback. <laughs> they have no quarterback whatsoever. None. I don't even know this DeVito kid. I don't know him. I don't know him. And he's he's your starting quarterback for the, for this game. Or if Tyron Taylor can get healthy, then he'll be your quarterback. Then the, he'll be the Giants quarterback. Which, by the way, my friend trolled me. So, so if we, we win this game, I want to get him back. I will get my friend back. And I know who you are, Brandon. Uh... So, my overall blame, I'm blaming it on J- J- uh, Jerry on Steven. JJ gets on this rate on, on 1053 The Fan every single week, which I don't know why they have him on the radio. You don't need him. You don't need both of those guys on the radio every single week talking to, talking to y'all about nonsense. Every week, these fools on the radio talking about BS every GM every uh, VP on other teams they, they don't even touch the radio until the draft these motherfuckers are on the radio every single week talking about the Cowboys for what what are you talking about the Cowboys for it should be like I said it should be a coach it should be a player on the on the show every single week they know the team more than these fools do they know nothing we didn't do anything to trade deadline to help ourselves you got old old incomplete ass Stephon Gilmore on that left side defending against AJ Brown or Devontae Smith I said man this this man's going to going to suffer an injury I said that, and I and I want to be funny. I know I know you laugh. It's true. Stephon Gilmore is overrated, and you can tell the you can tell him that he's overrated. He has done nothing for us 
defensively. The only reason why he's on his this football team because we forced Jerry to trade for him. We forced that to trade for him. He has done nothing on this football team. Nothing. And I'm tired of Jerry and Steven going on the freaking radio every single week talking about uh, talking about nonsense. Uh, it has nothing to pertains to them. Everybody else is making trades. Hands down. We need a different tackle. Okay, get one. San Francisco has made three or four moves in the last two weeks to to uh, to celebrate their football team. To help their defense out more. We have done nothing. We need a cornerback. We need to get one. We need a running back. We need to trade for one. But yet, y'all... Y'all pay these fools to be on your radio broadcast to teach you to tweet to teach y'all to give y'all nonsense every single week. This is why we're, we're failing as a franchise. Everybody else is, is expanding. Look at Jacksonville. Jacksonville was a laughing stock. Look at them now. Look at Houston. It took them one season, one season to get that shit right. Look at CJ Stroud. Risk. Look at the Eagles. The Eagles said we need to upgrade our secondary. They got Kevin Myers from from Tennessee. It's okay to trade away your pick. It's okay. It's fine. Look at KC. The championships. Look at the Raiders. I hate to bring that up, but look at the Raiders, man. The Raiders have missing pieces. They'll, they'll grow. They'll, they'll grow. Uh, hire my man Antonio Pierce. Give him the full-time gig. I'm not saying after one game. Even after the season. If, if he goes, I can't. Uh, how many games are left in this regular season? If he goes, if he puts him in the position to make a run, uh, if they fall short, Give him the full-time job anyways. That's a former player that knows the players. But none less the point. I'm saying, look at these teams that are growing right now in front of our eyes. They're trying to make a run to, to the playoffs, to possibly the Super Bowl. And we have done nothing. Jerry says we're okay with our team. Oh, really? You're okay with 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 guys going after Dak after every loss. You're okay with was your receiver only getting one catch possibly. You're okay if he gets shut down, he he mopes like a little child. You're okay with the defense that that you, your defensive corner is smiling after every press conference, thinking that oh well we didn't get we we lost by by five points, but we gave up 28 points to the offense to an in their quarterback. An injured quarterback. You okay about that? You okay about how you're running things, Jerry and Steven? This is why Frisco will always be quiet. But yet, the Rangers tore up Arlington last week. Was their parade? I want you to listen to uh, Corey Seager. I almost called Kyle Seager. Corey, Corey Seager. Let's listen to what he had to say 
and then we, we, we will talk about it, and then we'll move on to college football. Let's play that clip, please. I got one thing to say, you know. Everybody was wondering what would happen if the Rangers didn't win the World Series. I guess we'll never know. A lot of people were wondering what it was going to be like if the Strohs didn't win the division. I guess we'll never know. I played that other clip from Houston. Um, we can be like that. We can have uh, we can have twice the amount of fans if the Cowboys won a championship. You're telling me a baseball team in the Rangers ripped up the city of Arlington, which as they should, as they should. You're telling me that happened and the Cowboys can't get it? I know I understand the Mavericks did it in 2011. You know, I could have gone to that one, but the Mavericks did it in 2011. The Stars did it in 99, which that's, that's far off. We don't care about that. Well, we did, well, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, what else? There's nothing else. Like I said, like I told people, the Rangers, no, I, I told people this. The Dallas Wings of the WNBA are one possession away from winning a championship. Not a player, not a coach, a possession. That's what I told people. I said the Rangers won a championship because Chris Young took risk. Chris Young brought in Chapman before the trade deadline. Then he started to trade for Montgomery, Stratton, Adolis picked it up. Corey Seager picked it up. Marcus Simeon played every game. You're telling me that you can't make moves like that? Chris Young, a former ball player, didn't have to sit down. Didn't even have to take the job. Bruce Bochy didn't even have to take the job. Was good in retirement. But he took it anyways. Chris Young took, a, took, took the risk. And the reward. Look at the reward. Look at it. Look what happened. We have a championship in this city for the first time since 2011. We took, they took risk. Look at that. When's the next time we're going to see that in this city? We got to watch other people celebrate. We got to watch the city of Houston celebrate. We got to watch Kansas City celebrate in football. Damn. We won't see that ever again. And Cowboys, and unless Jerry continues to run this, run the team down, down the ground, y'all can book that. Jerry, Jerry Saban will never come on this show. Cause you know why? Cause I don't like, I don't, cause I don't want the BS on it. I don't want the BS on this show. I want full, concrete honesty. Now, <laughs> that's my passionate Cowboys take. Because I saw that, I was like, man, the Cowboys are nowhere close to winning a championship. <laughs> They're not even close. Um, so let's get to some college football, please. Uh, college football. UTSA versus North Texas. Now, UTSA gave us heartbreak. This was our, our trophy that they took away from us from Conference USA. 
they said, you know what? Let's follow North Texas. Let's keep beating up on them. Let's follow them to the American Conference. I thought, honestly, honestly, I thought we have it easy in this conference, in the American Conference, but it's not easy at all. You got, you got UTSA coming in undefeated in conference play. Yeah, you still got Frank Harris as the quarterback, which Frank Harris right now should retire. He should retire. You're telling me that quarterback has been on that on the team since 2017? It's time for you to retire, bro. I'm tired of you dominating. But then again, and again, as you should, you you, you did your due diligence to dominate against us. Uh. So, look what the defense gave up for UNT. 17 for 25. Sorry, Frank Harris went for 13 for 25, 134 yards. He carried the ball 10 times for 53 yards. Their running game was un, um, was unbelievable. It started early, too. Kawante Barnes, he got 16 carries for 129 yards and two touchdowns. Rocco Griffin had 10 for 65 for a touchdown. Robert Henry had 13 for 43 and a touchdown. And we can't forget about Cepheus. Joshua Cepheus had 6 receptions for 69 yards. That's the UNT defense that gave up. That is the worst. Like I told y'all, that is the worst defense I ever seen up to date. And like I said, I've been watching this team for 16 years. And I never seen the defense like that in person in my in my eyes. I oh my gosh, there's just a lot of other things I could say. Um, they gave up 100 yards in the first quarter. In the first quarter, Eric Morris, you, your defensive corner gave up 100 yards in the first quarter. What the f, man? What? What? Why? 100 yards? Really? We can't, man, a hundred yards. Dude, that, like, I can understand the third quarter. I get it. Like, that's, the half the game will be over by the time that, that the other team reaches a hundred yards rushing. We're talking about a hundred yards rushing in the first quarter. Like, come on, man. What, what is your defense according to do with calling? What is your scheme? Where are you putting these guys on the field? And plus, by the way, we haven't even got a pressure on the quarterback. We have no pressure on the quarterback whatsoever. But you don't need it. He didn't need it this game because they kept running the football. Anytime you give up 100 yards in the first in the first quarter, the first quarter of the game, you, that 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 pays the way for success. So I, I just asked the question: Is this normal, man? Is this normal to get down in the first half and then the second half you start to wake up? What's poppin'? What the f, man? You, you just sit there and just and just and, and just did all those things, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like, uh, it's like, is this normal? Is this normal? I said it. I said something has to change, and then I look at USC's situation. I looked at their games. This team gave up over forty. They give up over forty points a game. USC does. I'm thinking University of South Carolina. Yeah, South 
California. USC. You know the team that started at six? The pool that pool is six. And then now they're unranked. With two games left. And they just fired the defensive coordinator on Sunday. What does that tell you? What does that tell you, uh, Eric Morris? You are the leader of this. You are the leader of the snake. With three games to go and a possible bull bid. You can't make the freaking moves. You can't make the moves to fire your defensive coordinator. It's okay. It's okay to give him the pink slip. It's all right. It's okay to say, you know what? This is not going to work out. This is not going to work out. Do you know how many times heartbreaks I have suffered? Do you know how heartbreaks I, I have suffered in the past? Do you know how many people have told me, oh, in a relationship, potential relationship, this is not going to work out? I cry about it. Yes, I do. To this day, I do. Uh, but, but it's okay to give the pink slip to 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 your all to your defensive coordinator. It's all right. We haven't had a complete defense against this Temple. But then again, Temple's the worst. They, they were playing with an injured. They were playing with a second quarterback that wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. He got <laughs> he got worried 15 minutes to, prior to the game that you're starting. You gotta be ready. I don't know what y'all doing at, in UNT football, man. This is why I don't. I, I this is why I I don't have interest in you in, in, in UNT football. And those people that showed up on on Saturday, I'm so sorry for y'all. I'm sorry that you sub you had to sit in the sun and watch this team shit on themselves, and watch a defense once again give up 30 points. And sorry, no, 27 points in the first half. You sat around and watched that crap. You sat around and watched that. There's other better things you could have watched or done on, on your Saturday afternoon than watch that crap on defense. And this team, I can't believe it. Y'all are going to rely, rely on the defense to, to bring y'all back. So your second half defense is going to rely on you to bring you back to get you to a bowl game. Can't you imagine taking that defense, that UNT defense, you take that defense to the ball game. Let's say you play against, uh, you play against, let me see, let me pick out, let me, let me say TCU. You take that defense against TCU, you're going to get murdered. And I say that in a positive way. You're going to get killed. You play defense like that, you have Mike Bacconi like that, you're going to get killed. I can't trust this defense. Eric Morris at this point should not trust the defense anymore. You shouldn't. What has the defense provided you in the last, ever since the Temple game? What have they provided? Nothing. Nothing. You can't get pressure on the quarterback. You can't even get a turnover. For that, for goodness sakes, a turnover. These guys, man, you got to take pride in what you're doing. We have three games that we have a chance to make a bull bid 
and we can't do it like this, man. If we, if we go off, we lose in the last three games. We're going nowhere but the couch. I can't believe y'all invest your money into that crap. And, and we got a coach that will not make changes, man. Eric Morris, do you not see what we're what we're seeing? But passionate fans, the amount of embarrassment that we suffered on homecoming. Don't you see what's happening on the field? Don't you see it? I just don't get it. I, I, just, I just don't get what you're, you're not seeing or what you're not addressing. And now, you take that defense. Well, let me, let me, well, actually, you know, I can finish this point. You take that defense against SMU, right? Minus TCU, forget TCU. Against SMU. And now you're saying, we got to put that defense on the field against the best team in America, in, in the American Conference on ESPN2 Friday night. SU can easily put 60 points on us, and then we'll be the laughing stock of Saturday of the weekend. This is crazy. Let's get to the offense. Uh, Chandler Rogers, he went 20 for 32 for... Actually, this was his not his best game. He went 20 for 38 for 272 yards and two touchdowns and two interceptions. His interception came in 288 attempts. So, that, so he took care of the balls, which is good. Uh, he was sacked three times, guys. He not only turned the ball over twice, he was sacked three times. Iowa Day, we got to give a shout out to. He went seventeen. He went seventeen for one hundred five, and he's the two K winner, I guess, two thousand yard rusher of his career. I think that's it. Yeah. So congratulations to him. Lane Cartwright, 5 for 75 and touchdown. And Jamar Macklin was shut down. He has five carries with five receptions for 63 yards. So he was shut down. UTSA did not let you beat, did not let y'all beat, beat, did, did not let Macklin beat, beat y'all. But that energy that, that they had in the second half, wherever they had coming in, going to halftime in the second half, it's happening over and over again. So, do we consider this team as a second half team? Like you talk about one and five, yeah, that that's that's a different team. Yeah, you were one and six last year, of course. Then you won in your next five. That's a different team, a different coaching staff. I remember that. I remember covering it last year. I said, I said, this is built on momentum. Y'all are hot. You don't have that. This is times are different. The defense played well. The defense stepped up. You don't have that. You don't have considering fact what what we have right now. You don't have you. This this is different. You got a different coaching staff now. 
And this coaching staff does not care about your success. But one person, which is Eric Morris, does care. I, I, I'll give him that. But when you make it, when you have to make a change, Eric, it's okay to make it in, in midseason. It's all right. You remember, you're trying to go further now. Considering what this season has has done to y'all, y'all can still get into the ball game, but you refuse to make the mistakes. Don't be like the Cowboys and wait till the offseason and wait till public pressure pressures you to make a change. Do it now. You'll never you you'll see results. We'll see what happens. But I but nonetheless, I have no faith in North Texas BDSMU. None whatsoever. Our bowl dreams are over. Hang it up. Get ready for next season, I guess, right? All right, let's talk about these Texas Longhorns, guys. K-State could have won this game. K-State could have tied the game to send into a second overtime, but they did not because they were foolish enough. You did all that effort coming back from from 17 points down to win the game. From 17 points down, you did all that effort. But you had a chance on fourth and goal to put it down their necks. To say, you know what? You did all that energy to come back. And nothing. That you play hero ball. Stop playing hero ball. Just go to overtime. It's okay. It's okay to go to fourth overtime. Sorry, well, second overtime. It's okay. It's all right. You had a chance. You had a chance. But the Longhorns, I honestly cannot put them in the top four. I'm sorry. I don't care if you win the next three games. I can't put you on the top four. When the when the uh, results come out, to, come out tonight, I can't put you on the top four. You're not that top four team. I don't think you are. I, I, think, I think it has to come in the Big 12 championship game. I think it has to come to that against whoever because OU suffered another loss so I think I'm I believe that is their second loss if I'm not mistaken but then again OU still has your number so consider that but Texas did not play well on defense in the second half defensively K-State won them over K-State said you know what We're, we're going we're trying to win this game bro They would have had a little bit more, more, more juice, a little less, a little less mistake-free. K-State could have taken over and won this game. Then y'all were completely out of it. Like OU, OU's completely out of the conversation because you lost to Kansas and then you took an L on OK State. Your last meeting. But I, already, I hear the noises of Arch Manning in Austin. Listen, Manning is just a name. Because your 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 nephews played in the NFL, Peyton and Eli. It's a name. Of course, it's a household name. Of course, they will ask for Arch Manning, even though Malik Murphy went 19 for 37 for 248 and touchdown and two interceptions. 
you gotta let the man grow. You gotta let the man accept his mistakes. They're not great numbers, but you gotta let the man accept his mistakes. He's gotta be able to go in the film room and say what he did wrong, what can he correct. Fans in Austin are always going to find the easy way out. And the easy way out is Arch Manning. Start Arch Manning out, Quarterback. I hope Quinn comes back. Well, if he does, then he'll be the quarterback. But if he does it, you're stuck with Malik Murphy, which is not bad. Arch Manning's not ready for this moment. He's not ready. What if he goes out there and throws three interceptions? What if he goes out there and does that? What would y'all say then? Oh, yeah, we need another quarterback. Oh, yeah, let's see what we have in this high school portal. Let's see who's the next quarterback in the transfer portal. Who can we grab to put them in a Texas uniform? But, yeah, we don't want to trust the process. We don't want to trust the process. We don't want to invest in Malik Murphy. We don't want to invest in Quinn Earls. We invested in Quinn Earls. He got us to the top four ranking. He got us there, but we lost. So, we lost to OU. So, but yet, when Quinn goes down, Malik Murphy stepped up. Yeah, he lost the game. Well, we won. Not great numbers, but we won. It's okay. He's human. Malik Murphy, from a brother to a brother, don't let these fools dictate your game. Okay? Don't let these fools get you out of Texas. They did it for Casey Thompson, and that's why Casey Thompson is nowhere to be found. And y'all did not do this for Vince Young because there was different times then. But I remember, I can easily remember Vince Young when he came in, when when he was the, the quarterback. Yeah, he won a bunch of games. Yeah, but he lost. He lost games. And, but y'all didn't call for the backup then. But now, when Malik Murphy comes, you call for the backup. You call for Arch. Arch is not ready. He's not ready. And considering, in fact, the times that we have right now, there's no time to, to get him ready. Not at all. We don't have that time. We need to stick with what we have. If Quinn is not ready, Malik should get another start. I want Sarkeesian to not listen to the noise. Listen to the football coaches, Sarkeesian. And do what's best for the team. Again, the fans don't care about you. They only care about when you go to the college football playoff and you win or you lose. They care about that. Well, actually, they don't. They care about when you win, but it, but when you lose, they <laughs> they're like North Texas fans. They don't they don't even show up, and they're not fans. Because they happen to go to that school doesn't make them fans of Texas football or basketball. It doesn't make them fans at all. It makes them bandwagon, bandwagons. I think I pronounced that right, word right. Yes. Yeah, it makes them bandwagons. They want they want to they want they want to sit in their bandwagon. They want to see Texas eight and one. Okay, we're, we're in that wagon. 
But when Texas goes one and seven, they're nowhere to be found. They're not passionate fans like myself. So, Malik Murphy, like I said to you, from a brother to the number, don't let these haters get you out, out of Texas. You stay there and you, and, 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 you, you, and you know what you're worth. And if you're the quarterback again next week, I damn sure you you will pick this team up on your on your shoulders and lead into a victory against TCU. I can book that right now in Fort Worth. But then again, y'all are not ready for the college football playoff. So you don't look like a top four team. Alright guys, I said enough. But we're not we're not leaving yet. But coming up next, let's talk about some basketball. Let's talk about some mean green basketball. And let's talk about Wimby's week. Let's talk about and I have some opinions about the NBA in season tournament. Let's talk about next. So let's talk about those things next. It's Fishfield Radio's Beyond the Game. Gravy. 
Basketball season has started. It's upon us. Yes, basketball season has started. Um, so, my college basketball. I love it. Um, I want to say this about... Um, the, I want to say this about uh, the university... In the University of North Texas. Okay? About their men's program. Now... We start with men because they won the NIT last season. And I thought it was a travesty to not make it to the NCAA tournament. Okay? I don't care about no RPIs. I don't care about neither of that. What I care about is this team, I think they won at least 24 games. I think. I don't have the stats in front of me, but it was something like that. And I was like, man... But they didn't lose in the NIT, bro. They got to the NIT, they got to the final, and they won the NIT, the entire thing. Which I, that, which I was really shocked. And there was no parade for that. I mean, you, you talk about a parade in Denton. <laughs> there was no parade for that. But, anyways, this season, North Texas was picked six in their conference. That's the expectation. 
SMU was picked seventh. So six to seven. But I feel like this team could go a little higher. I feel like I don't dig. I, I, I see Memphis as being the best team, of course, because, you know, you're, you, because you got older guys on the team and then you got Penny Hardaway coaching that team. No matter if there's a four or five star on that team, on that Memphis squad, they got a squad. Uh, but other than that, North Texas ha- does have a squad, and their toughest opponent is Mississippi State. That is on December the 17th. So I'm not worried about tonight's game against Northern Iowa, which I they should beat. Even though Northern, Northern, Northern Iowa has been an NCAA tournament team uh, in their years past. I don't know who their coach is, but that should be an easy win. Uh the players said that have returned. Aaron Scott, he was huge last year. Every hustle player. Uh, Sissoko, he was huge as well. Ruben Jones, huge. Then you got Chris Morgan. You got Matthew Stone. Christian Moore. And that's basically your returning players. Everybody else is fairly new to the squad, which I'm interested to see what happens tonight. What type of squad they're going to bring out. Um, what I saw is not the offense from last year. There was a lot of dribble handoffs, and there's a lot of three point shots. And that was that, that was the first game against Sam Houston. That was like, uh, I guess, the expedition game that doesn't count. Gets everybody real warmed up to play. Um, it's different because last year, last season was all half, half court stuff. It was all. Uh, it was not fast break. It was just half court stuff. Now it's just dribble handoffs and find a, a guy in transition for a three point shot, maybe from the corner, from the wing. It's just rhythm. So basically, this offense is based on rhythm shots, which I like. I, I like. I like how we can come down down the court, make one or two passes, and shoot a three point shot, or may, or 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 get a layup in. Defensively. It's not the same last year, even though our hands are active. I know it's going to be really tough because I know uh, Coach McCaslin preached defense. I don't know if Ross Hodges, this is first game, is going to is going to have the the same amount of personality that Grant has when it comes to defense. So that that but so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, but what I saw defensively is. Is that we kept giving up a lot of post play, post play. So I know it's Sam Houston, but their big men were getting we're getting a lot inside. Which we, we got to clean that up. Their guards were getting to the basket, basket. Their guards were getting shots easily coming off uh, stagger screens, curls. You got to communicate on those cor- curls or stagger screens if you're going to have a chance. Um, there were, our hands were not active. You see every deflection. Our hands would be, would have been active on on every play, but they weren't. They weren't. Uh, I don't think. I, honestly, I look at the schedule. I don't think. I I don't want to look too far ahead, but I look at this team and I said we don't have enough to compete against Florida Atlantic. That, that was the team that made the final form run last year. And then again, you know, last season, and then, and then they moved to the, to the other car to the I guess 
I guess they moved to the uh, conference was us. I'm not. I can't remember. Oh yeah, they did. They moved the conference. They they moved to the American conference was us. So I don't think we have enough. But again, I don't want to be ahead. I want to see what happens in, the, in this non-conference schedule that we have. We got Mississippi State December the 17th. That's a, that. I think I believe that is the toughest matchup. I see. I did see St. John's there. I also saw uh, UTA, UTA. You know, that, that's always a rivalry matchup. I saw, I see those matchups, and I said, I said, okay. Um, I said, okay, I think I think we'll be fine. I, I honestly think we'll be fine. Um... I have their win total at 21 games. We regress this year because we don't have the same amount of energy that Grant or the point guard had last year. The point guard went to K-State as he should. Tyler Perry. He went to, he, not not the actor, but Tyler Perry went to <laughs> went to uh, K-State. <laughs> he went to K-State to, to to give himself an opportunity to make things happen. So, with that being said, um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to find that leader score every single night on this UNT squad. But I have complete faith that we'll we'll make a run. But twenty one games, I know it's not. I know it's going to be far off. I know it's going to be long. I know it's going to be wild expectations. But then again, you're in a new conference. And a new conference means that you're going to have expectations on you. All right. So number two, women's basketball. Okay. At North Texas. Again, I'll talk about TCU. I'll talk about UTA. I'll talk about Texas basketball. I'll talk about any basketball you you guys want me to talk about. Heck, I'll even talk about the, the biggest college basketball headlines out there. Which there isn't any right now, because everyone's starting the season at one and zero or all in one. If you're talking about Michigan State, but women's basketball at North Texas, they hired a new coach in Jason Barton. I, I mean, I don't know the guy. I really wish I could interview him, and I w- I would try my best to get him on, but I know nothing about his coaching. I know nothing about it. I just know that he made a bunch of statements. And I know that the team, it needs work. It needs work. This this, this team is not going to accelerate right off the back. You got new players. You got a new coaching staff. And everything's built from scratch. I don't think it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be that successful for him. I could be wrong, but I don't think in the women's program, I don't think that's going to be successful. You got rid of Quincy Noble. Quincy Noble went to Oklahoma State. You got rid of her, which that would have helped if she would have have stayed on this team and tried to work it out. But then again, you you fired Jalen Mitchell, which, which is fair. But then again, it's just fair to fight, fire her because um, she wasn't she wasn't making she wasn't making moves. She wasn't doing 
what 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 was expected and so with that being said you have to make a move and they made this move with Jason Martin they saw the record they saw the success that he had at commerce and fortunately he got him there it got him there it got him the head coaching job so we'll see what happens with that but anyways the women's team they finished 12th out of 14 teams in their conference so next to last which look at the squad last night on on the internet yeah it it, kind of looks like that but you gotta have a chip on your shoulder for this season and see what happens so those players that see that you gotta have a chip on your shoulder to make that happen let's have that chip on our shoulder <laughs> and so the biggest conference game is actually on Sunday Texas A&M I don't know why I guess A&M I don't know why you want to put put us in that situation to go against a team from the SEC supposed to get you better but we're not going to compete that game you can already write a loss on that I just think a bunch of these new players we don't it's just that it's new to them it's new to them it's 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 like you're on a squad where there's no you don't have an identity I can't I was watching it last night I said I can't I don't know where I can pinpoint this team. I don't know what direction they 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 um they um they want to consider. I don't know. Are they a fast breaking team or they are 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 they are are a one dimensional team which they were last year in Quincy Noble. I thought I thought hiring a new coach, I thought you'll get at least two or three players on on this team that can really score. And right now I don't see that. I can see probably I can see probably a couple, maybe one, but but is this is going to be about a committee thing every single night? If we're going to be honest, now the returning players, and I'll talk about the matchup that I saw last night. Uh, I can't pronounce her name. Irana Hardaway, Desiree Wilson. Jacqueline Moore, Brianna Davis, Maddie Cleary, Jalen Mallard, Tamisha Lampkin, and Anaya Johnson. So, that's your returning core. Uh, again, we don't have real leadership on this team. There is nothing on this team that could convince me that says, hey, we're going to win the 20 games the first season. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, and I want to be wrong. I want to give them a chance, but I can't give them that this chance right now. Because, I, again, I don't know this team. And then they played against UT Dallas last night. They beat them 117-42. But then again, it's UT Dallas. UT Dallas is an up-and-coming program. They just need... UT Dallas just needs to find an identity. Because, again, I don't know them. I don't know UT Dallas. I didn't even know... Not UT Dallas, I'm sorry, UNT Dallas. I don't even know who their coach was when I watched the game last night on ESPN Plus. I don't know. 
That goes for UNT women's basketball. I don't know who this team is. To me, I can say you're going to have you're not going to have a chance every single night. That that's in my eyes. My eyes say this is by community every single night. When you win, when you win, yes. But when you lose, I don't know how that how that looks like. I, I don't know how that looks like. Uh, Grammy State is the first is the matchup. It's the next one. It's the next matchup on November the 9th. So that is a HP. They play a lot of HBCU schools this season. And I love it. I want to see how they mush against against Grammy State. And then I could judge from there. And I could see where what 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 type of identity I'm seeing. That only five people that go to the program that watch the games see. They only have five passionate. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those five passionate UT women's basketball fans. I'm one of them. So, with that being said, I gave I gave them twelve games. I gave them twelve games because it's it's, it's 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 a work in progress. This season is a work in progress. Now, let's talk about some Wimby stuff, man. Uh, this happened last night. And we're going to talk about his, his success first. And then and then I'm going to go on a rant about the Spurs from what I saw last night. Let's play that clip from when he got blocked plays last night. Three, two, one, go! Saw that Isaiah Johnson, I say Jackson, Lock Wimby. Oh my goodness! And I'm like, there's nothing Wimby could have done. There was a defender on him. Isaiah just has hops. Isaiah can reach up there. You got to give the man his credit. That video was viewed over twenty thousand times, and it won't it, it won't be the last. That when he gets blocked, I'm pretty sure somebody else will come through and, and block his shot, or even dunk on him. But he shouldn't take that to heart. He should say, you know what, they got me. I didn't know that Isaiah Johnson has bounced like that, but it got him. So you can't avoid that. You just can't avoid that. But his week, he averaged 0.2 points a game. That was last week. Nine rebounds and three block shots. He shot 47% in the last four games. That was his week last week. Now, granted, we got, in those victories, we beat the Phoenix Suns twice. And then we lose to the Raptors and and the Pacers. So now we're at three and four. We're at three and four. And I thought, okay, you know, maybe, you know, it it was good enough from last year. Last year at this time, I believe we were at 
We we had two wins through nine games and and three wins through seven games. I mean, it's not bad. It could be better, but it's not bad at all. So with that being said, I just I just don't I just I'm not worried. I'm not worried where this team's gonna go. I know it's gonna be a tough week, and last night was a tough game for them because they got beat by 41 points to to a Pacers squad. Last week, got beat by 51 points to the Boston Celtics. Last week. How do you get beat 51 points? You lose to a team like that, they got beat by 41 points. They beat you by 41 points to a team that got beat by 51 last week? Oh, my gosh. I'm like, dude, y'all should, the Spurs should be ashamed of themselves. They should be ashamed of themselves. You have to start off well in the game well. Like, there's no way in hell you get beaten like that by 41 points last night. To a team that has nothing. You gave Rick Carlisle his 900 career coaching win. Which I don't I don't know how I feel about Rick Carlisle. I feel like he's an average coach at best. He's he's an average coach at best. They love him in Indiana because Indiana, they don't have anything there. They want something to celebrate, and they don't have anything there. They have nothing. Zero. Nada. They won't celebrate. Unfortunately, there's nothing to celebrate about. You should have celebrated Tyrese Hollidor's contract. That's the number one celebration you should have had. But then again, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in Indiana, in, in, in Indiana. I don't follow Indiana sports. Um, I just know that the team is based in Indiana. I know that Reggie Miller is the icon in, in, in on the Pacers, and go from there. So with the Spurs, what they need to do this week is they need to rebound. They need to rebound. Where's my pen at? So I can write this down. They need to rebound, guys. At some point, they have to rebound. It's all effort. And they got to find a point guard. I saw a guy. His name is Devontae Graham. I saw him. I said, why isn't he playing point guard? What? I mean, I, I understand he's a two guard. But why isn't he playing point guard? At least, at least we can have something to go off on. Jeremy Shohan can't handle the ball. Keldon Johnson can't handle the ball. Those guys are playing off ball. I don't know why Spurs fans are settling with Jeremy Shohan as the point guard of the team. I don't get that. I don't get that at all. You you rather go with with a guy that 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 can defend multiple positions, but yet bring the ball up. That makes no sense to me at all. At all. Trey Jones, unfortunately, is coming off the bench, but that's the only point guard we have on this team. I would have gone, gone younger. If we, if we got to get a younger point guard, fine. Let's get one. But at the same time, we don't need Trey Jones. I'm sorry. We don't need Jeremy Shohan to bring the ball up. He needs to rebound, guys. And also, we, we need Shohan to play 
the two or the three or possibly the four. Play three or four. So we need that. We need Malachi Brenham to step up. Because I just heard that uh, what's this kid's name? De- Devin Vassell is out. He's out for the foreseeable future. It was an injury. And so we need that two guard to step up. Fortunately, Vassell has stepped up until the injury happened. And so Malachi Brenham, you're next. You got to step up. CD Osman, you're up too. You got to step up, bro. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough this week. Because honestly, I don't I don't see a victory going on this week. You play the Knicks, and then you play the Timberwolves, and then I don't remember who, who you play on Sunday. But I just don't see a victory this week. I could be wrong, but I don't see a victory this upcoming week. And Victor, I want people to understand that Victor is a ball player now. I questioned it last week because of the fouls that he was taking. And we, I'm sorry, he was getting in the type of treatment he was getting, but now we're seeing the future. Now we're seeing all of Wimby's game come to the NBA. All it took was just one or two games, maybe, you know, get himself going. Like, the, the game he had against 30, he had 38 points against. I mean, you know, it got his confidence going. It got him going a little bit. But it's early. And there's times where he'll struggle like he struggled last night. And the whole entire team, Spurs team struggled. And I can't have y'all losing by 41 points again. That happened too many times last season. Y'all have to get this shit right. At some point. At some point. That is enough of the Wimby talk, and that's enough of the North Texas talk. I will talk about more stuff uh, later on. But let's talk about the NBA his season turn. I didn't really write this down because I want I want to give y'all my honest opinion about it. I love it. I love the tournament because it gets guys competing for for millions of dollars, the ultimate prize in December. I love it. Guys get ready get get ready for games. Guys know what to do. You know, they game plan properly. So I, I honestly love it. Um, I don't see any negative about it. The only thing I see about it is it's not enough on TV. That's the only negative thing I see about it. But then again, it's all the other resources that we have out here that we, we can produce in person. So all these other videos that we see right, right here that we could produce. But then again, I love it. I love the tournament. I love to see. I love to see players go at it each other. I want to see what what more of it happens, so I can I can say, hey, this team is going to be good. This team we can watch out for. So I love the tournament. And I want to see more, and I will see more of it, and we will definitely talk about it. But, but not to close out the conversation. I see Wimby 
getting at least 20 plus points this week. I see him bouncing back. I see the whole entire Spurs team bouncing back. Because I think we found our niche. Our niche is that we got some dogs on this team. If Kelton Johnson finds a way to stay consistent, we got a chance. If Wimby can go one-on-one in the post, which I, I would like to see, then we got a chance. Now, add add weight down, add, add weight on the lower abdomen, then 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 he talk about <laughs> you talk about the greatest player of, of all time. But it's too early. And then uh, I'm not. I don't have a problem with the coaching. Um, I do at some point would like to see a change. Maybe bring a, a point guard in. Maybe bring somebody in that can control the offense. But that comes as if we start winning games. If we start winning games, you start making changes on the free agent side. All right. So. So we'll see what happens. I I think the Spurs. I, like I said, it's gonna be a tough week. I don't see the Spurs winning any games this week. Oh well, maybe they'll win at least one. Can't I can't tell you that one this week, but maybe if I had it on a sake, it was between New York and Minnesota. I'll say Minnesota. Minnesota has those awkward te- games where it, you just it, it's a different type of team every single night. Whether it's Carly Towns coming to play or whether it's uh, Anthony Edwards, I'm not well. I'm not worried about Anthony Edwards, but that third person who's going to be ready for that third person, and then I'm not worried about Rudy Gobert. Because he got dunked on, got, he got dunked on last night by uh, Jalen Brown, so I'm not worried about that. I am worried about the Knicks a little bit. Um, I'm worried about J- Jalen Brunson. He may go off for of 40 points uh, tomorrow night, but but like I said, I, I want to beat Minnesota versus the Knicks. All right, guys, that is my show for today. Um, there, there was a lot in between that I had to get off my chest, and I got all of it off my chest today. Um, I hope y'all subscribe and like the video or whatever you got to do to get me noticed out there, and I will notice myself out there. So I appreciate y'all. Uh, I will see y'all next week. And uh, take care of yourselves. This official radio is beyond the game. And uh, there will always be a positive outcome from this. So take care, everyone. Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in.